0: Welcome to The Legacy and Faith Show, featuring estate and tax attorney Paul Grant. The Legacy and Faith Show is about the journey of discovering how to create plans that protect wealth and family values for generations. And now the host of
1: The Legacy and Faith Show... Paul Grant. Along with co-host Mark Holland, the Legacy and Faith Show with estate and tax planning attorney. Paul Grant, hi there, Mr. Grant. Hi, Mark. It's good to be back in studio with you. Good to hear you. Once again, uh, espousing the estate planning life cycle. Started this show last week. Right. Eight steps in this life cycle, and I'm not sure how many we're going to get through this week. Only got through... Three or two and a half, uh, half Which is of pretty three. typical
2: for me, right, <laughs> to, to, make, to make a really good long-term strategy, so, and then it just never ends up kind of getting to the place where we well, want it. you've
1: got a lot to say about this subject, and uh, really hashing out all of these steps. We looked at the exploration and education step. Uh, number two was engage and create, but also counsel. Yep. And we're kind of in the middle of the financial integration step this week.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's where we left off. Um, also, uh, why don't we just kind of take okay. a quick step through these All right. uh, as uh, number well. Number four
1: will be coming up next, the continuation commitment. Yep. Number five, family reception. Number six, life adjustment. Two. Uh, seven, settlement system. And number eight is a two-parter legacy fulfillment for the surviving spouse, care and
2: security, and also... Air security. Yeah, that's right. So that's really the life cycle. And every estate plan is someplace in here. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions then as we're going to start getting more into this, uh, this life cycle is where are we and do we need to make any corrective actions? So until we get to number seven, which is the settlement system, which is we've died – so as soon as we get there, we we really can't make any more adjustments <laughs> right. um, now. But the interesting thing is, is that the plan can, if it's created properly, right. and so the plan can continue. So the question is, how good of a plan? How good was the education and engagement and and creation? Mm-hmm. If that was really done well, then believe it or not, in seven and eight, which mm-hmm. is the settlement and legacy compartments compartments. Even after we're gone, there can be fine tune adjustments mm-hmm. made to make sure mm-hmm. that it works for long-term periods of time. But if we don't do number two correct, which is engage and create with good counseling mm-hmm. partners, then we really have no hope of of allowing those changes in the future.
1: And again, reminding people, maybe they don't need reminding uh, uh, half the population hasn't even taken step one yet.
2: Yeah, that's right. And Mm -hmm. so without step one, without step two, step two is the engage step one learn. So where do we find proper good education and Mm -hmm. information Mm -hmm. um, for us? Mm -hmm. Well, Like you said last week, this show can be a part of that, or you can go back to legacyandfaith.com and listen to other podcasts. So we have a bunch of things on our website, and it's really intended for that first component, Mm -hmm. education. We want you to be educated. We want you to make the right decision for your family, and more than your family, the right um, decision for you, because um, estate planning is not about just dying. It's really about living. And so if you don't have the right decisions around you, then it's really really difficult to make sure that that your finances work on your behalf.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, so, let's uh, f- f- uh continue to flesh out uh, step 3 here, the financial integration.
2: Yeah, and so um we talked about last week that if you use a will that we need to make sure that your assets align with that will properly. And I gave the example that if um if I have two kids, which I do, and one of them was doing really really well, but the other one was struggling financially, then maybe as a family we decide that it's better to leave a majority of the assets, if I were to die, to the one who was not doing as well because my first daughter may not need it, okay? Mm -hmm. So then um, if that's the family plan that we're going to engage on, then – my assets need to also align with that plan. And it's amazing at how oftentimes we don't go back to the beneficiary designations and make adjustments to the beneficiaries mm. when we've just done a plan. So, um, I have encountered and I, if you talk to other estate planners out there, how many times has someone gone through a relationship that didn't work? So in other words, we've, we've been divorced. But yet we forgot to go back to a 401k plan or we go, forgot to go back to a life insurance plan or a beneficiary plan in in our work. Um, and we didn't change it from the spouse that I was married to to match really? up with a new per. With, with so a, that happens? There's oh, like a, a plan
1: that uh, still all has the happy- time.
2: Really that goes All to your time. to your ex oh my gosh, really? yes, oh yes, oh, and so boy. so uh. <laughs> so we forget to go back and we don't change the finances to match what the will was saying as a matter of fact, uh, because I'm a little bit of a geek, um I actually read a lot of uh, of cases, right and it's <laughs> kind of my job, <laughs> and so we'll just blame it on 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 me being geeky um and was just reading a case this weekend. Where the plan was, um, be- because this person just experienced a divorce. Then, out of the divorce, this individual goes, "Oh my gosh, I need to change my estate plan because everything's going to my wife." So, this person actually took the right steps. Okay, so he took the right steps and um, and made a new will. And in the will, it said, "I want to make sure that my my only child, who's a minor." is properly taken care of. Okay, so so this is their their plan. And so he put his brother in charge of everything for the benefit of his son. So then he went to, uh, to the beneficiary designations of his life insurance and his 401K. And potentially because he didn't have enough guidance, would be my theory, um, because he went to an attorney and got documents instead of really looking at the whole plan, that he then went through and said, well, i'm supposed to leave it to my brother who will then help my child so he put his brother's name on everything he didn't put the trust on his beneficiary plan he put his brother so now guess what so now brother is the recipient of the life insurance plan of the of the 401k and he probably shouldn't have made this decision because brother now starts using it for himself oh. instead of for the child oh boy and so so how do we find this because somebody died and now we have a case? So that's the only way we get case cases is because now this person, unfortunately, um, was in a boating accident and passed away. And so now everything is supposed to go to his son, but we have to go through an entire lawsuit to actually get the desired result. Mm. And then, by the way, um, his brother is stuck with hundreds of thousands of dollars of attorney costs. His brother was trying to be sneaky, so that's not good. Um, But the whole discussion point here, I just read this case. This case just came out of of the Washington state courts. And why is it relevant at this financial integration? Because the finances didn't line up with the plan. Mm. And what it means is that the desire of the one who passed away wasn't matched until someone came along and sued the brother, and sued the estate to make sure that it actually worked.
1: Question here, getting back to the divorce uh, scenario, isn't a lot of these things uh, kind of divvied up in a divorce? The financial plan, the 401ks, all that stuff? Sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But but that's okay because then my portion has to be properly aligned again. Okay. And that's where people go wrong is they forget that they had a life insurance and that they right. named the spouse there. Okay. And so um, so really a good estate planner <clears throat> will... Look at every single asset you have and give you direction and more than direction, but assist you in fulfilling that direction. And that's my concern of where we kind of go back to step number two of engaging and creating with the right attorney is, are they just going to give you a document for 500 bucks? Nothing should cost you 500 bucks in this world that you are going to get what you pay for. Mm. And Well-intended people don't get the right person to engage who has the experience and the know-how to make sure that the full plan is carried out in totality. So this really comes back to were the financials matching the desire? And in the example I gave you, the answer was no. And so it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a court to intervene and say this is what was intended.
1: Can I ask kind of an an odd question here? What about if the counselor, the creator, the estate planner, um, he dies? How does that? What's the contingency plan for that? As far as for the estate planning attorney? Yeah, the attorney. Estate, yeah, the attorney so you, another, what happens
2: if I die? Yeah, if you die. So now you're killing me. <laughs> I uh, mean, that's okay because I, what, I have, what
1: happens with that as far as yeah. uh, people get the, just the option to find their new yeah. a new planner? And... Yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. And um, it's a really good <laughs> question, but. The unfortunate part about that question is that most people never ask that. Mm. And here's why. Um we're kind of getting into step number four um okay. and, and we're we're gonna get there, which is that okay. most attorneys don't have any type of a continuation plan. They're they're a document producer and so mm. the document gets it gets created and the attorney says, Well, contact me if you need me and so it's a one and done relationship mm. so i'm going to put that on the back burner for just a second okay. but we'll get we'll get there real soon right. and so i'm going to finish the financial integration because okay. we talked about wills but now let's talk about trusts a uh, trust is a holding container and unless we get everything into the name of the trust properly or with beneficiaries pointed to the trust properly and trust you me that's far more tricky than what you than than how i just sounded over the radio mm. is that If we don't get everything aligned properly, then a trust will simply fail as well. Even though it's intended to be a more strategic and a more full plan, if the finances don't align, then that document will fail also. So again, I come back to the step two, which is selecting the right estate planner is paramount in making sure that your plan is going to be carried out. And so I have people that travel from Bellingham and all the way down from Chehalis to come to my law office. Hmm. I have people, I have clients in as far away as Spokane and Omak and, and Ellensburg, stuck in between all those places. Why do they come? Why do they pass by hundreds of estate planners just to get to my law office? And I believe that the answer is because we do a full job of making sure that we just don't have the documents done but that the financial integration matches the plan to mm-hmm. ensure that indeed this plan is going to work mm-hmm. why spend the time energy and money to get a plan that you then don't have the security will actually walk out and and actually do what you just intended it to do. The only way to do it is to ensure that all of your finances, not even at the beginning, but also through the rest of your life, match your plan, and that's the financial integration.
1: Financial integration, step three in this estate planning life cycle. And we'll get into number four, I think. Anything more on number three? We'll move on. It's okay. To to number four, (laughs) continuation commitment uh, in just a moment. Uh, you can obviously tell that uh, Paul Grant has the heart of an educator, and uh, you have lots of education uh, uh, things on your website. How do people find that?
2: That's right. We're always running educational programs. Uh, not just—you uh, don't have to come to our law office, even though that's a great way to do it, because you get to ask better questions you can attend and attend classes that, online. That, that's right, mm-hmm. and, and so um, it's great. It's better, in my opinion, if you come in person, but we have a live stream opportunity so if you're in one of those outer places where where i just talked about whether it's bellingham down to Shehalis then um, then we have a live streaming opportunity but you got to go to the website legacyandfaith.com sign up there and then you can elect whether it's in person or online and in addition all of our past Podcasts. If you want the educational component, the starting place, they're all at legacyandfaith.com. Okay, back with more of the Legacy and Faith show with Paul Grant in just a moment. Hi, this is Paul Grant with the Legacy and Faith show. Hosea 4.6 says my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. God's people need to be fully prepared in managing their finances and ensuring that their wealth is properly transferred. It is our passion to bring this knowledge to the body of Christ. If your church would benefit from having a financial and estate session that is biblically based, then I encourage you to reach out to us so that we can help design and implement a specific and strategic session for your church. Or if you are interested in estate planning services, then I likewise encourage you to reach out to us. You can go to legacyandfaith.com and receive all the information you need. Again, go to legacyandfaith.com. Your photos, slides, scrapbooks, and home movies are invaluable and irreplaceable. Barry Kenny here with the Bear Services. Call us.
1: To save them as digital files to be stored electronically and shared liberally. We will even come to you so they stay in your possession. Go to Bearservices.com
0: for more information. That's TheBearServices.com. We now return to The Legacy and Faith Show, featuring estate and tax attorney Paul Grant and continue today's practical discussion to apply biblical principles for kingdom
1: purposes. Along with co-host Mark Holland this week, learning lots Did the estate planning life cycle, the subject we heard about, exploration and education, number one. Number two is engage and create and get the counseling you need. Number three, financial integration. You said we're done with that one. We're moving on to number four, Paul. That's right, continuation, commitment. Okay, And that kind of harkened back to the question I kind of... Got ahead of myself or ahead of you a little bit. What happens if you pass away as yeah. my estate uh, planner? Who takes takes over the plan? Who takes over the estate planning?
2: Yeah, that's right. And and the reason I like this question is because um, the heart of that question is in that is that there's an expectation that I'm a part of the ongoing process of the estate plan. Mm. And this is where most estate plans fail. So if you've listened to my program at any length of time, we start our educational program with this one slide, which is most estate plans don't work. Hmm. And then we flush out why. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to take the time here to flush that out. But, but the You've had some shows on that subject. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so um, most estate plans don't work. And one of the big reasons is that Most individuals don't update their plan on a regular and continuing basis. As a matter of fact, that word continuation is exactly this issue, which is that the heart of the life cycle is that we need to be on top of this. This is not a one-and-done drill. This is not a, I've got my document, I'm all taken care of, or my family's all taken care of. My question then is, well, for how long? How long until your family changes or something has happened within the family dynamics that require us to go back to the estate plan? How long until the law changes? Like, uh, So I was mentioning earlier in the show about this case that I read. So any time a case comes out in estate planning – I think people intuitively understand that that that's called case law and it may give a slight bend to how the law is interpreted. Mm-hmm. And if the document now doesn't uphold or match that slight bend, then the estate plan may not work perfectly as we have designed. Mm-hmm. Or what if we have a tax change? So um so there's been multiple tax changes over the years with estate planning. Specifically, and then every year there are income tax adjustments. And so um, the question then comes back to at what point does one of those changes necessitate coming back to the plan to make that fine-tuned adjustment? And here's the thing. um, Clients always recognize that they don't know. In other words, so they don't know. When the family change necessitates coming back to the estate planner, they don't know when a legal change has happened or when a tax change happens so that they need to come back and actually make the adjustment. Mm. So it's my philosophy that estate planning at the core is actually broken. Mm. The way we do estate planning in society at its core is broken, and that's why most estate plans fail. So how is it broken? because and it's broken at the attorney level and so this is a kind of a push to my colleagues if my colleagues are out there listening this is not an indictment against whether our our hearts desire is to help people because i believe that there's a lot of really intelligent good attorneys who have a passion to help their clients But if we divorce ourselves from our client, in other words, if I give a document away and then I tell you, let me know if you need help, then all of the burden has transferred back to the client to say, but you keep up and you understand when a family dynamic has risen to the level that you call me back instead of me being engaged with the client. Mm. Uh, If I tell them, "You let me know. If you need an adjustment, it implies that the client knows when a legal or a tax change has taken place that it needs to fine tune adjustment Hmm. and clients by their own admission. And maybe you're out there listening to say, well, I wouldn't know when when to come back and make sure that my plan is actually operating Hmm. properly. Hmm. Um, Then this is why at the at the core of estate planning that this system is broken, because as an attorney. As a document producer, I give it away and then the burden is on you. But now, I just use myself, but I actually don't do that. That's what I believe makes me a unique law office is that we invite clients into a long-term relationship to stay and say, stay close to us. And we're going to stay close to you. We're going to remain engaged. And we have a very um, strategic educational program for continuous involvement so that we can fine-tune the plan as we go along. Well, so how does that look like? I mean,
1: you have like a session every once a year with people, like a checkup type thing or
2: email notices if there's changes Mm -hmm. that they should be aware of? All those things. Mm -hmm. That's right. And so in in the life cycle of estate planning, without the involvement of relationship, then there that plan is going to be begin to wear down in efficiency and effectiveness. And it's really on the attorney to communicate when these things take place. Mm-hmm. But yet most attorneys don't have a process in place. So when we're back up in into number two, which is engage and create, this is one of the biggest questions that I would encourage people to ask attorneys. Well, tell me, how do you communicate with me from this point forward? So if if you develop my plan, how are you going to remain engaged, Mr. Attorney? It's not going to be on me because I don't know. So how are you going to help me ensure that this remains engaged? Mm -hmm. And do you have a program that ensures that? And unfortunately, most don't. So we need to make sure that the continuation commitment is that that we change our mindset, that this is a commitment to make sure it works. Hmm. This isn't a one and done. This isn't a check the box you've done well. Um, there's been times, and I think I've shared this story before, to where I've created a plan, a trust plan, which is supposed to be um, much better, which has more full instructions. Literally the next week I went to a workshop and I learned something new to where I need that. I wanted every single one of the plans that I have ever that i had ever created in a trust mm. to reflect this new tax um, issue. It was going to save tens of thousands of dollars to beneficiaries. So num- number one, um, if there was a if there was a new system that I'll, that the tax code legally allows us to use, and it was going to save your heirs thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars, is that something that you would want in your estate plan? Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to hear about it. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. now, if I was a traditional attorney and I didn't have a program that allowed us to remain close at hand, I would have been done with your plan and I would have gone, ah, dang, uh, at least I'll get it into the next one. So, mm. would you expect your attorney to reach out and say, "Hey, you know what? I just learned something. I got to get you back into the office and make an adjustment." And the and the answer that the public says is, "Yes, I would expect my attorney to do that." But on the attorney level, that doesn't happen. Mm. It does with some. So don't please. I'm I'm not ripping on attorneys. I I, I truly am not. Because I highly respect my colleagues, again, that knowledge, that desire to do well. But if we don't have a program surrounding this issue, then we're into the document creation uh, mentality. Mm. And my encouragement to the public is we need to start demanding more from my profession to say um, we need you to guide us. Mm. It's not on me. Because I don't know what I don't know. And that really is the public stance. Uh,
1: some, some personal questions, uh, family issues that I've experienced. Uh, perhaps your plan, uh, you don't have anybody in your personal life that yeah. you want to make the executor. Right. You're making your... Tax attorney, the executor of the estate. That, that, does that, that can does happen? That scenario go on, or sure. is that something? Well, yep. I've got an elderly uh, father-in-law who hasn't made any of his family uh, keen to what he's doing. That's I right. Think he's just a uh, he's just play. He's just uh, trusting his attorney to be the person that executes everything.
2: Yeah, that's right. And so that that may be a little bit different. So hopefully that attorney is remaining in communication and constantly keeping their file up to date, so that. Um, When someone passes away, we have the greatest knowledge because if I, if I haven't done that, how much more is it going to cost for me to take my staff time and chase down everything again when the creator is now gone? Mm. So in other words, um, if I have a client that I'm supposed to watch over and participate in the closing of that estate because we don't have family to rely upon, then I would want to remain engaged and make sure that that person remains close to me and is constantly feeding me updated information. Mm -hmm. It's easy to get that during their lifetime. It's really, really hard. And it's far more costly Mm -hmm. to the estate Mm -hmm. when uh, someone has passed away and now I have to take firm resources, which that's fine because if I've disclosed mm-hmm. that indeed, remember, there's a cost for me to do work on sure. your behalf. So, so hopefully we've laid out very clear expectations that, that it's going to cost a little bit more to close your estate if I do it. Okay. There may be very, very solid reasons of why that is a good scenario. Fantastic. So now I've, I've made full disclosure of what it is, but without the communication, now that cost really begins to be ramped up, and it's my experience that the relationship during the plan to keep it updated is far less expensive than going eight, eight to ten to fifteen years, and then having you die and me having to re, to really get caught up on the whole. Estate. Is that
1: is that scenario happened for you? Well, uh, which one? Well, of where you're have you're having to
2: be basically. Where I have executor. to catch up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that happens anytime a. Someone who hasn't used our services before comes in and says, I've had a, a, a spouse or I've had a family mm-hmm. member die and now I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. And now we have to coach them through the whole okay. scenario of finding everything. So, yes, it happens regularly when we have to open up a probate. But that doesn't happen to a client that has been engaged with me. And is continuously, um, and has a continuous commitment to their estate Mm plan. And that's number four is the continuous commitment. Continuous commitment
1: this week. The estate planning life cycle on the legacy and face show with Paul Grant. Again, you can hear he loves to educate people. People want to find out about more of your
2: services. How do they get in touch with you, Paul? Educational programs and podcasts. Are all over on our website at legacyandfaith.com. We will uh, continue with this discussion
1: on our next program, The Legacy and Faith Show, with estate and tax planning attorney Paul Grant here on KCIS. Thank you for joining us for The Legacy and Faith Show. You can find
0: more information about the show and Paul Grant at legacyandfaith.com. Join us next week at the same time as we learn to build God's kingdom and continue our journey on how to protect wealth and family values for generations. All discussions on the Legacy and Faith Show are intended to be about general legal issues. If a situation applies to you, then we encourage you to seek specific legal advice. Please do not rely upon any discussions from this program in place of having a personal relationship with your attorney. Any listener question that may have been answered also does not constitute legal advice and does not establish a client-attorney relationship.